0: Welcome to Chill and Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. This is the Life Innovator Series. Life Innovators are people who tailor their daily desires
1: and lifelong passions to their everyday, and we hope they inspire you to do the same. I'm Oh, I'm No, and, and together, together we make Oh, no. No. Maybe I want to see my face on TV. Watch
0: me. Strike pose. Always acknowledge people, really understand what their story is, and it doesn't matter who they are, simply saying hello and how are they doing and really knowing what's going on in people's lives
2: is powerful.
0: So today we have Veronica Dash. Yes, she's an actress who's been in films like Cadillac Records, Youth, and Ghost Team, among many others. She models for beauty brands, and she is also a spokesmodel for car companies.
1: This is true. I uh, And today we're going to be talking about acknowledgement. That's the strength we believe Veronica has.
0: Yes, truly. She's a very uh, beautiful person, but also a very magnetic person. People, she's, she draws you in, and we realize that it comes down to her acknowledgement of people, okay. of others, and then also of her blessings. So we'll funny. let you hear for yourself.
2: It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep
0: falling in Did you see what, you saw what's happening in France? Like they try to outlaw burkinis. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that. But like they made this woman came to the the beach in a in a burqa or something with her burkini. head. Yeah. I don't even know if she was wearing a burkini, but they made her, she was wearing like a long sleeve shirt. They made her take her clothes off. Yeah, I've read about that. And they were like, oh, we're doing this for you. For, and, yeah, no, but... It's no. fucked up. Because, again, it's, it's, oh, we're, trying protect,
1: policing, we're trying to protect... You're still policing trying to protect you from body. this oppressive right. dress. And now we're going to force you to take your clothes off. Like, yeah. You, that's so violating. You wear too violating. Clothes,
0: you're a whore. You wear too many clothes. They make you take them off. And it's all it's in the name so of absurd. your own safety. Right. It's fucking trash. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really actually very upsetting. Because, like, this is a really dangerous precedent. Like, it's different if you say, like... Like, even though I, I, I don't know, religious freedoms are like, you have to, you know, you, you kind of have to carry them across the board. It's like nobody can cover their head in public or whatever, but it's not like they're outlawing one specific act. They're like outlawing a very specific way of dress. Like you can go to the beach in a wetsuit. But you can't go to the beach in a burkini.
2: No, because but why? It's, why do they care? They're saying that well, it's, it's a
0: very secular.
1: It's like a. It's, it this was in France, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and France, they're oh, extreme about in, secularity. Yeah, they are. yeah, so it's like they don't want to see religion. It's not freedom of religion. It's like anti-religion. Well, their,
0: their argument is that because that that's in Nice, and because of the the like somebody driving the car into the center of town in, in Bastille Day and like killing people. Mm-hmm. They're saying that it's for public safety that you need to be able to see people's faces. But they didn't make her take Appreciate. her headdress off. No. They made her take her, her outfit just off. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's different to say you can't obscure your face in that's public. That's so
1: crazy because we'd be mask so prudish about that in America though. Like, so like what she's supposed to be at the beach and then walk around naked? Like what is she supposed to do? What did they so they had her take her clothes off and then she I think like, they
0: made her like take off to like whatever she was wearing underneath. I don't know. I don't know but it just like they armed policemen like t- made her take her clothes off. And so that's like yeah that's extension she, of our that's just
1: your body isn't your own and that's what's so fucked up about the catcalling and everything constantly because it's just like this idea that you're just there to be of this person's enjoyment, right? You know? oh, right. Was I was reading. Oh, let me find it. But it was so funny. Some guy had. Um, on like the subway commented to some woman about how uh it was so i saw this woman putting a makeup on on the subway and she took 15 minutes to do it and she looked better when she had no makeup and she was much more attra- <laughs> much more attractive before she had makeup than when she did it made me really sad oh and i got what
0: get out of know, your fucking shut up it makes me sad when guys wear <laughs> like the worst clothes and terrible shoes yeah. like it yeah. makes me sad that you yeah don't
2: work out. I don't know. I got into a bit of a Facebook feud with a friend who I very, very briefly dated years ago. Um, because he posted a picture of a girl dressed in a Wonder Woman costume. I didn't see her face. I don't know how old she is. I don't know. But it said, this girl ain't saving anyone. And it was, you know, a picture basically of her butt, her thighs, and like her back. And she wasn't fat by any means. Yeah. Like it wasn't a flattering outfit, yeah. per se, but I was like, Why do you think that you need a photograph, a random woman working, trying to make money, like you don't know her situation, Post it on your social media and then comment about I hate it. That. And shame someone, this shame someone, you but not don't even know to her. her face, not to her face, not like you it's didn't go so up to her and say like you know i I don't know what you're going through, but, like, in order to not, like, overly sexualize yourself or whatever. Maybe she's completely comfortable with her body and, like, go, you yeah. know. G- good. But I just don't understand why you would want to showcase that and then have, like, people, like, anyone who commented on it and agreed with him were guys. Dudes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and it's also, like, cause ha- the internet just breeds that totally culture and it's, and it's, and, 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 and it's a, and it's that lack of, um, interaction, Acknowledge- acknowledgement, it's, it's which, is, lack of which acknowledgement. is what you your strength is. strength is. And they're not <laughs> doing that. I actually got really upset. I, one time I saw on the subway, there was a guy who, um, you could tell he was taking a picture and, um, there was a homeless guy passed out on the subway and, he was like trying to take a picture of this guy and kind of like smirking and there was a woman sitting next to him who like you could tell she was a working class woman and she was glancing over and she was just, like rolling her eyes like she didn't say anything but she, you could tell that she was like what the fuck is this asshole doing and i was sitting there just being like oh what? like did he really you know and i remember i was just like about to get off on the train and i was just like like you should ask people before you take pictures like you're taking pictures. like that person's a human being like what yeah. like and he was just kind of like what are you talking about and i was like we all know you're taking pictures and I got off the train, but I was like, why do people like, he's just, what's so funny about that? I should have, that happens too much. Like it's just like, yeah, just people, people and people laughing at I that know. actually really makes me very mad.
2: Absolutely. And like that thing that happened, I don't know if you guys know about the playboy, the playmate who like took a, a Snapchat in the gym of oh, like, of the, like another woman. of the naked older woman and being like, if I can't unsee that, neither can you. First of all, I want to see this playmate in forty years. Yeah, a this is the locker room. Like she, she's at the gym. Yeah, this woman is working out and like doing something good for herself, and like she doesn't think somebody's going to be taking fucking pictures of her naked. And also, what kind of woman are you that you're like fucking violating the? That's exactly the the space. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's insane. It's like people don't realize that they're talking about other humans like they're like just completely like dehumanized
0: yeah no you're totally right objectified yeah Yeah. well for your amusement yeah you so like your level of acknowledgement like I feel like you're really good about like interacting with people and whatever but you're also really good about um, that acknowledgement kind of translates into gratitude Mm -hmm. because like a you know a mutual friend told me that you know we should interview you and she was just saying like you think of everything in the most positive light <laughs> that it's like anything that happens you're like oh that's exactly and like even having a conversation with you like I realized that you're like oh well I'm I'm gonna go for this and if it doesn't happen it's not a big deal because I'll also like it's fine like it's just fine and so it's like acknowledging like being grateful and acknowledging what you have
1: Love it.
2: Love it. Can you tell the cans, the con story? Yeah. Oh gosh, this story is so funny. I still can't believe it happened, but um, it it kind of began with I I worked on this film um that shot in Switzerland. It was really freaking cool. Like I worked with Jane Fonda and Harvey Keitel and an Oscar winning director. And it was kind of that moment where you're like on top of this mountain on your day off for like a fully paid workation. and oh you're geez. just like God, like is this really happening? Like, this is really cool. Like this, like moments like this make all of the rejection and all the no's and everything else leading up to this kind of fade away. And I knew because the director was European that this film would do well, maybe not as well in the States because he's not as well known here, but for sure in Italy and all these different countries in Europe. So, the other girls, the majority of the actresses were from England. There were only three that were flown out from New York, and I was one of them. And all the British girls were like, oh, we're going to Cannes, we're going to Cannes, and like, you you girls should come. And I was like, man, that's going to be an expensive trip, and like, I don't even know, like, we're in just one scene, like, can we yeah. even go? And I was asking my manager at the time, who was pretty useless, and uh, he- This was when you, were, you saw a manager in L.A.? He was actually in New York. Oh, okay. He was, this is the New York. He okay. was by bi- coastal quote unquote. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I had contacted him and he was like, yeah, I reached out. Nobody reached out uh, back. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I waited a couple months and I was like, can you ask again? And he's like, yeah, I didn't really hear back. And then I was kind of bummed. And then I, I booked this job um, doing something for American Express. It was like being like a pretend flight attendant for two weeks. And it was like a really, it was a really good rate. But it happened to be the same week that uh, the Cannes Film Festival was going on. So I'm like, damn, like, I really, you know, I should probably go make money instead of spend it. And then I see a week before the festival, my friend, who actually Katrina knows, our mutual friend knows, posts a status saying, um, have a spare bedroom in Cannes, DM me for info. Hmm. And I was like, hmm, I should inquire about this. And I was like, how much is the room? And he was like, oh, it's, you know, so and so. And I was like, well, what are you going for? And he's like, oh, I directed uh, and produced like this little short that's going to be in the short film corner. And he's like, but I'm really excited about the features. And I'm like, what are you going to see? And he listed all the films. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm in youth. And he's like, oh, so why aren't you going? I'm like, I don't know, because I I don't know how to get tickets. And he's like, you should just go. He's like, just go, you get tickets here. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I go on Delta and I'm like, All right, flight to Nice. And then I drove, uh, you know, to Cannes from there was like about an hour drive. And I get there and I like, I have nothing. Like, I, I, I I bought a dress and BB, like, just in case I got to walk that carpet. But I, I really like, BB. I, 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 yes, baby, shout out. So anyway, I get there and I'm like, I didn't even unpack. I get into the room and he's like, we're going to go pick up our tickets. Do you want to come? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I have nothing else to do. And, like, I ended up booking an 11-day trip because I'm like, I'll make a little vacation out of it if it doesn't work out. So going to the office, and he's like, well, if you want to buy tickets, can me be, like, 500 euro or something. You get a all-access pass to, like, these films. And I was like, that's fine. We're waiting in line, and then his girlfriend was like, you know, why don't you go ask in the actor office? Like, you're in a film. I feel like they should do something for you. And I was like, okay, so I kind of, <laughs> I get in line and I'm like, hi, I'm like, here's a story. I'm like, I just found out about, you know, um, this film was here and I, I didn't know if I had a ticket and like my manager couldn't find one. Is there any way I can get a ticket to this movie? And she was like, well, you know, usually the process is like ahead of time, you have to send a headshot and like a producer's no and like resume the whole nine Cause we have to confirm that you are in this project. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, well like, don't worry about it. I was like, I just figured I'd ask, you know whatever and I like chatted about her hair because her hair was blue and I like loved you, it you acknowledged her I, I did <laughs> I acknowledged her <laughs> and she kind of looked at me and she was like well what's the name of the film I was like it's called youth and she's like oh, who's directed director I was like Paolo Sorrentino she's like I love Paolo Sorrentino I was like I know he's brilliant I was like it was so cool to work with him and she's like, you know what? Hold on one second. And then so my friend and his girlfriend are standing right there and they're like, V if you get tickets right now, like we're gonna kill you. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know. So she leaves for like fifteen minutes and then she comes back and she's like, Oh She's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, Is this okay? And she like gives me this like little card with my headshot printed, she's like, I didn't know what picture you wanted I just found on Google. And she's like, Oh, she "Ah, did the work for you. She did everything. And she was like, this will be good for all the films. The only thing I didn't have a ticket for was the, premiere because the premieres you have to get them the day of so that means you uh, walk the carpet the that premiere. means you walk the carpet so this kind of gave me access to all the things i was just about to spend 500 euro on right but i got for free because she like found that i was in the film and like whatever yeah and she liked you and, yeah. she, and she and she liked me you. and like it, it was such a cool experience because it was like within my first two hours in france i went from like having nothing to like Oh like I'm in You're like a different right now yeah. because I'm like considered a talent and it says actor on there and it it was just like such a cool thing and I and I couldn't help but think like man if I took the safe way and I was just like I'm just going to work this, you know, American Express job and then like wonder what could have been because yeah. you don't, you know, there are a lot of actors who who work who never get to do a film that go to, that, that goes to Cannes. Right. So it was just kind of like going out on a limb and Everything worked out so flawlessly. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, every day I was encountering people that I didn't even realize were there from school, from USC. Um, so the world became so, so small. It was like initially all I knew was the friend who told me That's he had so- a spare room. And then you ended up you on the walking, and, life, I end, and then I ended up blocking the carpet. I like, <laughs> I woke up that day and I went to the office and I like, I stood in line to get these tickets and I had a text message from a girl who who's from England who was there. And she's like, oh, she's like, I'm so disappointed. I got there so early. And she's like, and they don't have any more orchestra seats left. So, like, I don't get to walk the carpet, but at least I get to see the film. And I was like, well, at least you get to see the film. Like, I don't even have a ticket. And I'm waiting in line. And as I'm waiting in line, I'm also calling the office. So I'm, yeah. like, doing two things at once. So I get through on the phone and she's like, how can I help you? And I was like, Oh, like, you know, I'm in this film and blah, blah. And like, I, I didn't have a ticket, but I got the pass and whatever. Like, is there any way that I can, that there's room? She's like, yeah, we, we do. We have room. And I was like, okay, like, I don't want to push my luck, but is there any way you have like orchestra available so I could walk the carpet? Mm -hmm. And this was after the girl had texted me and I was like, you know, I'm just going to try. And she was like, actually, we have one spot left in the first row. (laughs) It's it okay I- that it's in the first row? <laughs> and I was like, what? So, yeah, so that's that's how I ended up walking the carpet. I was like, shit, now I to have to do my hair and makeup. Now I actually get to wear my dress. Like, it was just so yeah. funny.
0: I saw the pictures. You looked stunning.
2: Thank you. That's it was so, so cool. Fun. It's like, it's, you're
0: liking Getty Images. It's amazing. It was on the really really red carpet. Cool.
2: And it's, it's, you know, like, it's just so funny how nothing in school ever prepares you for the real world in terms of like anything else but the craft. Like nobody tells you like how to pose on the carpet or like what to do when you get there or like who you're supposed to bring with you or like who are the gatekeepers?
1: Like what is the process? You know what I mean?
2: You're like, what do I do with my purse? My phone doesn't fit in it. Like what what do I do? So it it was just such a surreal experience because it, it really does become like people yelling your name and you're like... Is this Veronica, Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you guys don't even know who I am, but I'll take it. (laughs) But yeah, that was, it it was an incredible experience. And then to top things off, (laughs) so I got a ticket to the premiere, but not to the after party. (laughs) So (laughs) my friend and I, she's also in the scene and she's Italian. And she was like, well, we're dressed. She's like, we're going to the after party. And I was like, they're very strict. So you brought your uh, people that also didn't know they were... Yeah. she invited or not my exactly my friend didn't know that she was invited but she um had contacts because her husband's italian and he works in the industry so okay. like she was good regardless okay but the after party we didn't know if we would get into but we tried and we got there and the the doorman was like no ticket and i was like no i was like look I'm GB. i'm like this is us yeah and he's like no ticket no party and we're like <laughs> oh my god so we're like standing in the reject line and like i'm like making friends with everyone because everyone in the reject line is like fabulous and like they're all like legitimate people they just like don't happen to have a (laughs) ticket and my friend actually leaves because she's like i'm not waiting anymore and then um one of like the assistant people comes out and i was like oh like is Paulo in there the director and she's like yeah and I said, "Can you just let him know that like he has like two cast members out here, and like just you know if we can get in?" And then the girl comes back and says something in Italian to the other woman, and then the woman's like, "Okay, let them go." And then so we, like, ended up crashing our own after party, basically. <laughs> and it was, like, super lavish when you walk in. There's, like, chocolate-covered strawberry fountains and, like, lobsters <laughs> and, like, Michael Kane and... <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> lobsters and <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is this palace? <sighs> but, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And everybody... What was really cool for me, personally, was, like, walking into a room of people that I work with... You know, very very briefly, and they all acknowledged me as if I was like one of their own. It wasn't like, oh, this random girl who's like in one scene. It was like, oh, like you're here. Like we're so happy to have you yeah. here. Mean, like, you were <laughs> part of it, and
0: like you also made the effort. Like so, there's like I don't know. One of uh, Olivia's got me to finally start reading it. Um, This book, Getting More, by Stuart Diamond. Stuart Diamond, and it's like this guy who's like. um he like teaches negotiations at Wharton, like at Wharton Business School or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, he has this book is basically that class in a book. I mean, and you could reread it like eight times and like find something it's new every time. It's a fun book. It, you it kind has of- a lot of examples. Like it has strategy, but then it has tons of examples of ways that people who he's taught have used it, like mm-hmm. to get things to their advantage. But there's like a whole six point system. But like one of those points is like, that when you acknowledge others' position of power, then you value them and then they're so much more willing to work with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like, it's on the premise that negotiation, negotiation like, m- the majority the is that emotional. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's a lot of books that are like, oh, like win win situations or like, you know, Win-lose. bargaining range yeah. and like da da da. And he's like, and those things are, you know, not <laughs> irrelevant, but number one, like, we're emotional beings before rational. So, like, mm you know, it's a lot hard to get through to someone if they're just emotionally not in the state to, to even want to consider you. You need to get them to, like, listen first before you can even be rational. Right. And that might not even matter as much. It's like...
0: Yeah, rationality doesn't really matter. It's, like, about, like, connecting with people. Like, the, one of the arguments he makes is, like, um, if you're, like, trying to, like, get closer to someone or whatever, um, he's like, don't... He's like, uh, find out what they don't like.
2: Like yeah. you can connect.
0: He's like connect on what you don't like. Mm. He's like that's like the easiest like point of our, like if you're like at the airport and you see someone who's kind of like important, like a, like you kind of want to yeah. get to know. Is like you know start try, start a conversation. But if they tell you that they hate something. Like that's great. Then like you guys can build on how much you hate that thing together, <laughs> which like, is true. We talked about that's why you know the worst work situations. You always like, like bond <laughs> about like
1: how shitty this work is, and then you actually have like great relationships with the that's people. Are so true. You. <laughs> that's yeah. <so> true. <laughs>
0: a bit more about you so you are an actress Mm -hmm. and then you do promo model well sorry what do you call it spokes modeling Mm -hmm. and then you also model yes regular model So model.
2: (laughs) so what other kind of like what brand like what are you working on now um let's see modeling wise the last thing i did um was this like beauty campaign for um this guy named Mac Daddy, Angel Marino. He's amazing. Um, and I did a little shoot for his highlight uh, Diamond Couture palette. He has a company called Artist Couture. Um, so that was a really fun shoot. I'm supposed to do a little shoot for this Lipstick company called Dose of Colors. A lot of these no. brands, like they're not sold in like the huge like Sephora's um, or Ultas, but they're like, they have a really big following online. online. Yeah. That's... And they have like, you know, the millions of uh, Instagram followers and stuff. Instagram is like the spot for beauty. Sales. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. I like didn't realize how big of an advantage that was until really like the last year or so. Um, and it's funny because these beauty brands repost it, you know, so like Lily Galici, who has those lily lashes, would like repost something that I shot with, you know, this other photographer. And then mm-hmm. like, it almost becomes like a beauty campaign in itself for her, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. And it's like all about
1: how you're saying that. Instagram has been actually for you as well because of the brands that are big on Instagram that it's really right. helped boost your um, yeah. exposure.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think people would also be more likely to tag you. Then like, you know, when we see ads all the time until you get really big, you don't even really know who that model is. Right. You know, they don't have credit to who this
0: I've seen you on is. Instagram. Like, so funny. Like, I think like last year I sent Katrina a picture and I was like, isn't this your friend? And it was like some random person like just posted this picture of you. I think it was just like, oh, beautiful. Like, it was like, this woman is so beautiful or whatever. And I was like, Isn't this your friend that you have framed in your room? Yeah. And then she was like, Yeah, that's me. Like, that's so random. <laughs> like, it was just random. so random. I know. Yeah. They- yeah. I've seen you multiple times on Instagram, like, not knowing you, you know, that's like, not really through, funny. not through our connection yeah Yeah. most times they
2: do tag you which is which is great but there are they there have been several times where like somebody will take a screenshot and be like is this you like why are you tagged like we um we use this uh highlight powder and they posted my picture and they tagged the makeup artist, but they didn't tag me. And then all my friends underneath were like, tag your models, tag your models, everyone, yes. Gadesh. Yeah. That was really funny. Well, that's cool. Have you got, you've gotten more work than that way through yeah. Instagram? Yeah. It's really funny. Like the majority of the people that I've worked with, um, especially makeup wise, which is really like my, like the direction that I would like to go to just like doing beauty, beauty mostly. Yeah. Um, have, yeah, have you have come a good face. Instagram. For it. And it's very like, I think the thing about my face is it's really easy to transform. Like there are some faces that like, they will look pretty similar no matter what kind of makeup you do yeah. on them. But, but with mine, it can look like really, like sometimes really edgy and sometimes really classic and sometimes really normal, you know? Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at
1: your Instagram right now and
0: yeah, your face is completely transformed.
1: Yeah. You know, like, it's like kind of like, okay, yeah, you can tell it's the same person, but you kind of can take that
0: double yeah. take. very weird. Well, we were talking about your like celebrity lookalikes earlier. Like, <laughs> and like I was like, oh, you look like Pamela Anderson. So she, you, you yeah, can't see her because you're listening right now, but she's a total, so Veronica's a total Marilyn. <laughs> Bombshell. Bombshell. Like, you know, the body and like the blonde hair, big, big blue eyes, and like heart shaped face and like big lips. It's very beautiful, but Aww. it's it's true. But it's really like fun. yeah, like you were like, "No, my my look like who would you say your are Ally Simpson?" And I was like, "Pamela Anderson."
2: <laughs> and like we're all like guessing a different person. So it's like the versatility is there. I know, it does it does work in my favor most times, but sometimes it does work against me. Like I didn't I recently didn't get this role because the director actually quote said i remind him too much of Pamela anderson when the role was supposed to be this like very meek um i guess she's in high school high school like church going girl okay and i what i went through for this role you guys like i looked up all these because i was like should i dye my hair because like he's because she has dark hair and i was like well i don't want to dye it until i get the role for sure yeah so I went to like all these wig shops and I finally like found this like really bomb wig and I took a picture and I was wearing like a turtleneck with like a sweater and I looked very innocent and I did an experiment. I posted it on Facebook and I said, um, you know, most of you guys know me, some of you guys don't, but I would like you to give me three adjectives that come to mind when you look at the photo. And it had about seventy-three comments, and all of them said like naive, sweet, innocent, um, church-going, smart, (laughs) educated, nerdy. I mean, these were all the qualities that were present in this like character breakdown. You're like, that's actually really smart, though. Yeah, that's a very. smart So I took a screenshot and I sent it to the producer, who I was like, forward this to the director. And the producer was a friend of mine who I met years ago. And, um, I didn't end up getting it, but like I was fighting tooth and nail until the end. But, but yeah, that's kind of the problem is sometimes your persona does become like, oh, like you're, you're, too type you're cat. Yeah. yeah, you're too typecast or like you're, you're too sexy. Like even when you're not, you know, yeah. you're like, you're not trying to be right, like, that's right. just, that's just how they like presume you are, but I've never met the person in real life, so it's not like he could be like, oh, like personality assessment, like you're yeah. You yeah. Know. So that that presents a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. While we typecast into all of this madness Humanity ain't too tired. Yo, I keep a smile on my face. Even when
1: and now a voiceover actor to tell you a bit about Breather.
0: A Breather is a well-decorated remote workspace you can rent by the hour with lots of locations and sizes to choose from. Oh, and no, actually record episodes in them from time to time. So if you need a space to work remotely, have a meeting, or do something that's no one else's business in private, use discount code CHILL at breather.com for $45 off your first booking. Thanks, voiceover actor. Now back to our interview. So you were saying like you used to... um used to work in LA more and then you started working in New York more because basically
2: but. my transition was, you know, I was New York trained. Um, so I took like private classes here and like I did coaches and I worked with Penny Templeton for a number of years in her master class. And then for college, I always wanted to go to USC. Like it was just it's always been my dream school. And I have a late birthday. So I was 17 and my parents were like, you're not going to California. And I was like, no, please let me go. So I ended up going to a local university for two years. Um, And I was like studying in their honors college. And I really, I didn't feel very connected to the theater program. Like I felt like, not to toot my own horn, but I felt like I was one of the best people in the program and you never want to feel that way. You want to feel yes. like mm-hmm. challenged and you want to feel like you have so much room to grow. And um, I mean, I loved, I, I have a professor that I'm still very close with from that school. So I don't regret my decision in going there first before going to USC. But um, I finally got to go to California and it was like everything I ever dreamed of. And After graduating, I stayed there and, you know, I did like a number of modeling things to like stay afloat and auditioned, And I had the the same manager I was telling you guys about. And I just felt like the parts I was going out for really were... very one-dimensional and very repetitive. Like there's only so many times I can go in a room and see girls who look exactly like me but are some sort of like hyper-modified plastic version of me. And it became really frustrating because it's like I can't compete with people who aren't real. But at the end of the day, a lot of these parts don't really require talent because they're like pretty secondary you know they're not like you're not going out for these like huge leads that like have all these like character arcs and you can really show what you're doing you're coming in there and you're like hey you know do you want to come over (laughs) like or whatever like they're so stupid hot girl in the bar number one (laughs) hot girl number five yeah and um i just got really frustrated and I i didn't know what to do so i went back to new york i ended up doing like some theater and um i ended up taking a freaking life-changing workshop with a man named Larry Moss who I hopefully will work with again in the next month. Um and I just really wanted to creatively like restart, like reprogram like what I wanted, what kind of roles I wanted and you know sometimes it's hard to say no to to parts especially when you're starting out because it's like well, you know, do you have nothing on your resume or Mm -hmm. do you have hot girl number five on your resume? Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, you just have to have confidence that like the, the roles that you can do will come to you. And in New York, there are far less people who look like me. So although, you know, there's always the argument that at the end of the day, Hollywood is Hollywood and you have to be there if you're a performer. And I do agree with that to some degree, but I think that to work in New York takes so much more hustle and it like builds your character so much more that you can fly back to LA with a drop of a dime, but the work ethic that you have out here and the type of stuff that you would audition for, it's very different, Mm. completely different. Yeah. I mean, you got youth here, right? Yeah. Like
0: what other films? I
2: worked on youth here. Um, I worked on this films called Frat Star here, which actually, it's a really intelligent analysis of like the frat life community. And I think like initially when I read the script, I was like, Oh man, I don't want to do a frat movie. Right. Um, but it, it ended up being really interesting and really funny. Um, I don't know when it's coming out. Um, I worked on a film called Ghost Team that actually came out last week where I played a police officer, believe it or not. Um, and that was kind of a funny casting situation too because I worked on this play called Lobby Hero in the workshop with Larry Moss so I played um, Officer Don um, and I remember saying to Larry "Like, thank you for giving me this play because I would never be cast as this she's a very strong, grounded, rooted, hard New York cop and he's like, well, why wouldn't I? give it to you if you have the ability to play this role on Broadway tomorrow and I was like well just you know typecast wise and that's yeah. kind of like when I started thinking like oh I need to change rap and I like I need somebody who like really sees my ability and there was yeah, there was a guy um, who was in the workshop who contacted me on Facebook and was like hey I saw your performance in Lobby Hero and uh, he's like I'm actually casting a film where we need a cop would you be interested <laughs> I was like, what? Yes. Um, and it's a really quick scene. It's with David Crumholtz, but it was just like, it was really funny for me to see that sort of like progression of like, oh, doing this. Well, you could, and you then you did gave the
0: attention to the thing you want it. Like, right. And it's kind of the similar thing to how con like going to Cannes Film Festival turned out was like, you were like, well, this is my intention, but I'm just going to be positive and like, and, you know, attempt it, like go for it and, Otherwise, it's like whatever. yeah. When you and you listen to like what other people like, it seems
1: like each time like someone will just kind of make a suggestion, and you're like, huh, yeah, why not? I'll try that. And yeah,
0: yeah, and that, yeah, acknowledging what
1: they say and then yeah, exactly. It, it can. I feel like it's easy to get very like tunnel vision when like for whatever reason you're like I'm on this specific tip, but it's important to keep that feedback in. It yeah. seems like that comes and very naturally to you. I
2: I think that you know in this business too, it's like. You just have to be open to what people say and also like remembering them. I think, I think oftentimes you think that like you're staying in touch with people because you're, um, you know, connected on social media or something. But I, I literally posted last week, I said, I'm going to go back to this old fashioned thing called talking on the phone. So I'm in a disconnect from Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all these things. And if you want to reach me, you can call me. And that's one thing that I find. And I think we talked about this last time is like, I'm really good at connecting people and staying in touch with people because I care. Like Mm -hmm. I'm generally interested in how you're doing, not because of what you can do for me, but Mm -hmm. because I think you're a cool person Mm -hmm. and you just kind of have to stay in the loop of your network w- without really seeming like you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. kind of like an um, intuitive thing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like either I fuck with you or I don't fuck with you. Yeah. Like that is like, those are the two levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe you get busy
2: and like life happens, but
0: you know. And it does. It, you still actually care what happens to the people yeah. then in your circle.
2: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if if people make suggestions or like um, I met with someone who was like, you know, he's like, you should do some voiceovers. Like, why don't you do voiceovers? Cause, like, I sometimes sound like a cartoon, like when I get really that works. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm like, you know what, that's a good idea. And I'm like, I'm going to work on it with my coach, you know, like stuff like that. It's like, if people give you suggestions, you might as well be open to them. You don't have to take every single one, but like, Hopefully it's, you know, because they have your best interest at heart.
0: So then how do you maintain or practice? Like, what do, what do you maintain? You know, what do you work on?
2: There's so much, honestly. <laughs> like, I know being an actor seems really exhausting. It's it's so funny because I just, I feel like people have this perception of what it means. It's like, oh, you just like stroll in and you like say a couple lines and you leave. And it's like, no, <laughs> like there's like so much research that goes into it. Um, I go in for a lot of period pieces as well, like 40s and 50s things and like, I was up for this film recently where I was like doing all this um, research on Thurgood Marshall and like, you know, who was the president at that time and like what was, you know, the like the big issue um, in like the courts. And it's just, it, it takes an immense amount of focus and also practice. And the thing, again, like the difference between L.A. and New York is I feel like in New York, people are always working on their craft in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. in LA it's very like appearance based so you could not have been in an acting class for like three years but you're like I'm an actor and you're like well not really you're a bartender with a headshot (laughs) like you're not actively taking voice classes and like movement classes and like scene classes and sometimes the scene classes could be you know money hungry machines like it just it just depends on like where you're studying and if you're noticing a difference. And that's why I'm saying like, there are people like Larry who I take, you know, twice or however many times a year he's available. And that's enough for me for like the entire year because he will remind you of why you're doing this. Like when was the last time you read a play? You know, when was the last time you did like script analysis on something? When was the last time you worked on your voice? And you don't need to project on camera, but you need to have the ability to do theater if it comes up you know like if you really consider yourself a versatile actor it's incredible how many people go up there and they're like yeah and like you know and you're like there's no camera we can't hear you i'm sitting (laughs) in like the second row and i can't hear you what you're doing is great but it's just like that you're you're constantly working on things
0: yeah all the time yeah you're saying like you
2: contacted your your um accent code Di- is, yeah dialect, dialect coach. <laughs> and, like, and i'm like make me german by tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> he's like mm, this is gonna be hard
0: <laughs> um yeah and then you're also like aside from like auditioning like you don't you know you don't get to have a regular job because like i also wonder too like how actors are i wonder how actors are like even like work at restaurants because if you get a call and it's like you need to come now and like you have a shift, then what do you do? Like if somebody's not going to cover you, then you lose your
2: restaurant job. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, you know, there are certain times I think in an actor's career where that will happen (laughs) more often than not. Right. And I think with my job, I, I am lucky because I work with people who know what I do and respect what I do. And also like the dedication that I have to it. And I'm always super upfront. So if something comes up, you know, I will owe you a favor and I would, and I will always like follow through with it. And I think that's, that's what's great about like the team that I work with. But I remember like my first job ever, <laughs> I worked at Applebee's as a hostess and that would happen where like my agents would call in and be like, you have an audition, you know, at five o'clock and I'm like in Staten Island. Um, you know, and it's one o'clock and I'm like, shit, like, how do I, how can I do this? Right. And so, yeah, it would just, it would just hope that the people that you work with like you <laughs> enough to work extra hours for you, you know, uh, it's definitely challenging. <laughs> like, I think, you know, actors are very bold, audacious creatures and it takes in a, a significant amount of like dedication and focus.
1: There's no people they smile when they are long. yesterday they told you you would not go far that night you opened and there you are next day on your
0: dressing room they hung a star let's go on with our show
1: i'm just curious then so like when did you know when was it like i'm gonna go like full full in that's
2: such a funny question. I started technically as a kid. You know, as a kid, like you don't know, you don't know like what talent is or like what careers are. Right. You just like know what you think is fun. Yeah. And I think for me, I realized that this had to be my career when I went to high school because I was supposed to go to LaGuardia, um, the high school of performing arts in Manhattan and the, one, the fame one or whatever. Yeah. The fame one. And, the same year that I was supposed to go there um, was the same year September 11th happened. So, like, it was right b- the year right before. And so, my parents were like, well, you know, you're, like, still a kid. We're not going to let you commute into the city, mm-hmm. especially after this. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And they're like, just go to your zone school. And um I ended up not going to my zone school, but, like, a specialized math and science school, which is mm-hmm. pretty ironic. Um, and I remember thinking you know what maybe I need to do something else because like this school is really hard to get into you have to be really smart you have to have like literally 90s and like all classes to even like maintain your position here Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and I was like maybe I'm supposed to do something else and I remember not auditioning for the play which was like (laughs) broke my heart and I went to go see the play and the entire time I was like I should have been up there. I could have done that better. Oh, that's, that, that sounds terrible. And I was like, man, like I cannot disconnect from this thing. And I like, I tried for, for another year and I was like, I didn't do plays or anything. I was just like math, science, engineering, robotics. Like I did it all. And by junior year, when you're like trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and like apply to colleges, I was like, I just, I don't know. I was like, I, I think that this is what I'm supposed to do. And I auditioned for the play and None of them, none of the people in high school knew that I was talented. Only the kids from like the junior high school knew because I was mm-hmm. like the lead in our play. And I got the lead right away. And they're like, where the hell have you been the last two years? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just think I was like trying to battle with myself and figure out, like, man, like, if you're smart, like, should you go into a creative field? Cause there's no guarantee there, yeah. you know? And I remember talking to my guidance counselor and she was like, You should just do it. She's like, wouldn't you rather study something you love than like something you're, you might not even use? It's like, yeah.
0: Have you ever told, gone back and told her that like she's the reason you just career?
2: Sometimes you just need that little push. I, I did. I ran into her a couple years ago and we're, we're friends on Facebook and she's like, Veronica, she's like, I've been following you and she's like, and I'm so proud of you because she read my essay and everything that was like, about me getting into this, um, international model and talent convention where I was like in the top three for like best, uh, youth actor or, or whatever. And like I had written my whole college essay about that moment. And yeah, I did. I, I, I've acknowledged her and I've acknowledged also my second grade teacher, Mr. Figaro, who was my coach in storytelling contests slash the drama club. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like all these people, In some way, shape or form, like inform who you are, who you end up being. Yeah. And I think that that really was it. I think when I, when I stepped foot into USC specifically, like as well as the school before, but like specifically USC, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Like this, I have no doubt. It's super challenging and super frustrating. And. (laughs) You know, you have half a community that's super successful. Like I have friends on like huge TV shows and huge movies. And then I have friends who like don't have agents and don't have jobs either, you Mm -hmm. know. And you just kind of have to find the beauty in the journey. Like it really, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it's not worth it, you know.
0: Yeah. I remember my dad once saying that he was like, um, he was just saying like, if you want to be something, you can be that. Like. It doesn't. It won't look the way you think it will. Like he's like, if you want to like, if you want to be a singer, he's like, maybe you want to be Mariah Carey. He's like, maybe you'll be Mariah Carey. You probably won't. But if you just love singing, then just keep singing and like go perform at clubs and keep singing. And like, there's no way that people aren't going to watch you sing, right? Like, and that's all you have to believe it. That's like all you have to like focus on. It's not like the result, but the fact that you're doing it.
2: Yeah, and I think I think too. We specifically, like, I feel like are taught that you should always have um, a fallback plan, like a plan B. And I really, I'm one of those people that, like, I've never had a plan B. Mm. I I know that if I had to have one, like, I can find one. But my goal has always been plan A. And there's really no reason why you should deter from that. Because it's like, you're basically telling yourself you're not sure if you could do it. You know, you're not sure if you could have a career out of it and you you may be having you know highs and lows like sometimes i work like nonstop, and i get triple booked and i'm like oh my god i'm the best and then there are months where i'm like damn it <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have two auditions for this whole month so you can't really focus on that because i think that takes away from the joy of when you do work and you do do what you want you know what was
1: do you have like the closest you came to really being like maybe i do need a plan b like in terms of just like things were and you just really had to like believe that something was going to come through or something like that.
2: Um that's a really good question. Not really, to be totally honest, I was no. never like I'm going to give up. But there have been times where you're like I like I can't eat, I can't like literally what was okay, I was up for this like huge AT&T campaign. I was up for a Snickers thing as Marilyn and then I was up for Oh, and then I I booked um, the Vagina mongs at the new school. So Mm -hmm. I had these like three things. One thing I booked and two things I was on hold for. And it was all around the same time. And when I went to the AT&T callback, it was the same director that I worked with on Honda. And I was like, oh, man, this is a shoe-in. Like Hank loves me. This is going to be fantastic. And like I happened to be in L.A. for the callback. And like everything seemed to work out seamlessly. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. Yeah. Then I got released from the Snickers thing. Then I got an email from the director that they canceled the vagina monologue show. And it was like all within like 24 hours of each other. And I was on the treadmill in Virginia Beach because I was doing my spokesmodel job. And the AT&T commercial came on. And I was like, what the hell? Who is that? Um, But it was like <laughs> when you get three rejections in a row, you're like, what am I doing? Like. This is a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how did you like, how did you immediately react to that? Like, what did you, what did you
2: What did you do in that? Like immediately I called on my friends and I was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what am I doing with my life? I'm like, I was so excited to go back in the theater and like, it was like vagina monologues, like yes, woman empowerment. I did like all this research and like that got canceled. And I was like inviting all these like casting directors to it. So that's great. Um, yeah I I literally remember like calling all my closest friends and being like what am I doing and they're like Veronica this is part of the business like you know it they're like how about this you were really close yeah Yeah. you know you were really close and like and you book the other thing yeah but um yeah sometimes you just need a reminder that like no matter where you are in your career (laughs) you're always gonna want more yeah you know like I talk to people who are really successful. And they're like, yeah, but man, I was up for, you know, the big short. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, you're up for like these huge things. I'm like, the fact that you didn't get it sucks, but but the fact of the matter is you were up for a lead. Yeah, you are in the you know, in a huge film. And it's like, and and you just got off doing Broadway, you know, which I would like kill to do yeah. and will do eventually. But it it really is just funny. So you just have to sort of acknowledge where you are and and be okay with that. You know, as long as you're working towards something, because a lot of, a lot of times people will be like, oh, you know, I'm doing fine. Uh, I just got new headshots." Yeah. And, you know, and and sometimes that's not enough. Like you, you really do, in my opinion, as an actor, you have to do all of your marketing unless, you know, you have like a publicist that you pay $5,000 a month to do it for you. You, you have to find your own work sometimes also, and you have to like keep those connections and. You know, I just had someone reach out to me yesterday. Um, I, I did a reading for him last summer for a feature that he wants to direct, and I actually met him at the Cannes Film Festival. And he sent me the script yesterday. He's like, "We kind of want you in this film. Like, will you, <laughs> will you send us um, a video of you doing these sides? Because yeah. I've only do it. I've only done it in person. I've, they've never seen it on video." So, it, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like you go from not working to like, oh, this person who I met at this festival ends up knowing my writer friend who wrote this and he wants to direct it. And like, you know, you don't say no to things if they'll help you work. Right. right. You know? Right. Yeah. I actually, I found like a, I was looking through my poetry because I'm, I want to like submit some stuff to be published and I found one just like a one sentence thing where I was like complaining about something like not getting something and then I was at the airport and I looked over I think like my luggage was breaking or something and I looked over and there was a guy in a wheelchair um missing an arm and a leg and it was just like the moment that I spotted him he was like smiling and you know talking to the TSA person and I just thought like oh my God, like how ungrateful are you? Like you're like standing here, like complaining about your stupid pink suitcase breaking mm-hmm. and don't even realize that like you have two hands, two feet and you can walk on your own. Like just in that moment. And it's like, why do we spend so much of our days like focusing on the negative or the, what we don't have when in reality you should wake up every day and be grateful just to be, Yeah, you know?
0: And that's shift in perspective, like can totally totally change people like just how like gratitude so olivia and i both practice meditation yeah like that was the biggest thing for me when i first started meditating was that there's in vedic meditation there's two minutes afterwards where you kind of keep your eyes closed and kind of like come back into just you know like realigning and you know our teacher emily Fletcher says like this is a great time for gratitude like and it actually changed my life more than anything that two minutes um, because like when I first started meditation, it was because I wasn't feel like I used to be this really happy person. And I wasn't feeling happy, and I was really anxious all the time. And that like literally just like count like, and then I was just like, oh my god, my whole house is great <laughs> then, like, because you're literally counting count your blessings or whatever. And it's literally just about shifting perspective. Like, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Did you guys ever see that video of the little girl? My house is great. Oh my god, I, I cannot tell you how many people tagged me in that video. They're <laughs> like, This is you, <laughs> dude. Sometimes that's me, most of the time, it's
0: Katrina. <laughs> we always Which is might be your friends. Yeah, this is why you guys are friends. So funny. And she was like, You will love my friend, V. She's like, She's like, she is like the happiest person about everything. What'd she say? She was like, She said that, um you live your actress, actress dream even though you're not super famous yet.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, oh, I love she's her. She's like, everything is like <laughs> the actor's dream with you. It's like, she told me a story with some, or something about like how you met Woody Allen and like you had always wanted to be in a Woody Allen movie. And she's like, she was so excited that she just even got to do the the like audition which like most people would be like i didn't get it
2: and she was like oh, i got to meet woody allen and audition for him <laughs> well it was it was just so funny because it was one of those things once again we're going back to ken was the last film that i saw irrational man and i literally turn around to my friend and i say god i really want to meet woody allen like he's like getting up there like yeah you know i'd love to work with him but like i know that he doesn't Come to this festival. He, he usually doesn't come to the premieres. And the Ugh. following day, I got a call from my agent for this like top secret movie. And they're like, just dress like you're in the 40s. And I was like, okay. And I like went in and I got the sides there. And it was like a really, really big casting director. Like she cast Blue Jasmine, which like I Keep One Shot won an Oscar for, one of my favorite performances. And I talked to her for like 40 minutes, which is really rare, especially yeah. with like someone of that caliber. And She's like, why have I never met you before? I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, do you want to read? I'm like, yeah. And so, like, I read the scene. And then she's like, great. Do you want to meet the director tomorrow? And I was like, sure. And, like, you know, you're kind of, like, on cloud nine because you, like, had a good audition. And I, like, I got up to walk out the door. And I was like, oh, like, do you mind if I ask for the director And she's like, yeah, it's Woody Allen. And I'm like, what the what <laughs> yes and i like went to his like freaking private black box theater on park avenue and i was like yeah this is freaking cool like <laughs> i know people who have like never gotten to read for woody allen like this is amazing and he was exactly how you imagine him to be and although i didn't get the role i i know that like well, according to the casting they like he really liked me and everyone in the room loved me and blahdy blah but I was just, I really was just happy for the opportunity because <laughs> I just, I just the day before was like, I, I, I text Nikolai and I was like, Nikolai, what did I tell you? Like after Irrational Man, he's like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, who did I say I want to meet? He goes, Woody Allen, question mark. And I'm like, guess who? I just left. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Woody Allen. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah.
1: me think of uh, War of Art. Steven Pressfield, uh, mm-hmm. he talks about um, going pro a lot Mm -hmm. and even talks about yeah if you don't fail
2: yeah like the fact of failing
1: is like part of going pro because you actually put yourself out there yeah and I think uh, I'm just hesitating because I want to say it's that book but it might be another one where he's like sometimes um, there's like this beginner's luck not just say beginner's luck but like you get the taste of being in that league and you get close and you may not fully get it but like that just means like you're in this new league but you have <laughs> to hone and it's you know you have to yeah. keep going at it and there's almost like if you just got it immediately then you wouldn't necessarily always appreciate it and it's like you have to you you got an opportunity that means you have to keep going at it you're right. like totally considerable but
2: yeah and I think you know I think about this a lot because I did start as a kid I started at 16, Uh technically, 17 maybe, and I was up for um, this big soap opera, you know, as like a recurring and then a series regular, and I always think about how my life would be different if I got that soap opera because, (laughs) A, like, sorry, I love you guys, but, Soap opera actors are terrible. Like, and it's not even their fault. They could be good actors. It's the script, it's the camera, it's like how soap operas are set up. That's the mood that they want to present. Yeah, and yeah. so needs totally to be overly it. done. It needs yeah. to be overly done, over the top. But I, I always think of them like, man, like if I got that part, you know, that would have been cool. I would have moved to LA like at seventeen. I would have been like on this, you know, very popular TV show. But how different would I be as a person? And as an artist, because all of the things that I've done from that point to now, I think it's canceled now, but I wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and also like, isn't it really? It's really hard to get out of soap operas.
2: Like
1: to make it as an actor,
0: really hard soap
1: opera. You're be so recognizable as that whatever.
2: Yeah, and you know, just like I get typecast (laughs) as like the Marilyn, like you get typecast as like the soap person, and. You know, with that comes a reputation, and then you're like, well, I don't know, like yeah, like I mean, Susan Lucci, forty years, no, <laughs> no Emmy, right? Like or whatever. Did, I she, did she still not have one? I, I think, don't know. Did she win one recently? Maybe they're just
0: like it was like they threw her a bone. they were like, that's <laughs> enough. <But> like, <laughs> that's enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: still, you do you know Susan Lucci to do anything else except for maybe a, a like a movie of the week or something?
2: No, it's really it a really don't worry, I'll hard. wait. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing too, like I'm partially grateful to my parents for like making me decide what I want to do later on versus like be a child actor, which I was, but like only locally. I never did like movies and stuff as a kid. I did like theater and like, you know, storytelling contests. But I think that's why like child actors have such a hard time transitioning too, because You grow up in a non-real world, you know, you grow up on a set where like you get everything you want and you're treated a specific way. And then when you grow up a little bit and you maybe change your look changes, your voice changes, whatever it is, your talent goes away. I don't know. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah. And so I do look at all those things and I'm like, I'm happy that I am where I am versus like, I'm like, mom, why didn't you? You know, get me an agent when I was seven. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: I have a friend who was who a child actress. Actually, Mara Wilson. Um, she was like, um, she's written like now she's like a writer and a and um, she's like publishing her book is coming out like next month. Oh, that's or cool. This month, actually. Yeah, she's really cool. But she's like written a lot about how hard it was being a child actor and like why she thinks so many aren't well adjusted. And she's like, because literally people are just telling you you're amazing. All the time, you don't have to like earn anything as a kid. Like, yeah. literally, you're surrounded by people. Like, she's worked on big films. Like, she was Matilda and Matilda. Oh, and yeah, She was yeah, like yeah. In, in Mrs. Doubtfire or whatever. Yeah. And like, I love Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> she like, yeah, people like like tell you over and over that you're amazing. And then she's like, and then there's also like a lot of pressure where they're like, you can't mess up.
2: Mm-hmm. To like,
0: so this is resting on you. And then they're like, but then people reward you for like just being. And then mm-hmm. like one day, like when you're not a cute child actor anymore, like that goes away. And like, you literally don't know where to like, you're like, but, but everyone used to walk around tell me I was amazing for years. And now nobody's paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost yeah. like a bigger, like it's worse off than if no one ever told, if people right. ignored you in the first place. Because you're just looking to
1: compensate. What's that mindset too? Like I think in another episode, we talk about growth mindset or fixed mindset. And so fixed is kind of like that you have this inherent talent versus we all have a certain amount of talent, but like growth is focusing on your effort versus just like what you inherently have. And so if you're grown up in that environment, it's just kind of like you base your self-worth off all these people too, you know, instead of versus like my effort at what I shaped and created. And there's a sense of maybe you're like, oh, then am I inherently worthless now that, no one is paying attention to me, you know, that sort of shift I could see happening.
0: Yeah. Like you said, I think I asked you if you were shy when you were a kid you said that like you were, but then like you kind of like built your confidence. Do you remember like realizing the power of your, Like ability
2: just to talk to people. I don't think there was like a specific moment where I was like, This is how I talk to people. I do think it was like the job I I talked to you about. I sold spa packages in Mm -hmm. Times Square for a couple years and it was like incredible the amount of like studying of people you would do doing this job because you would you would know right away who would buy these spot packages from you and who wouldn't. Right. You know, and like which of the friends in this group of seven was going to be the negative Nancy and which one was like, I'll buy it for all of us. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And, then, and you're stopping strangers on the street. Yeah, New you're York City. L- literally stopping strangers on the street. It was like one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. So like when I became good at it, I was like, I can do anything. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you give me your credit card sales. in the middle of time you in your S- sales. That's what I, think. Sales. I know sales, sales, sales.
1: I'm like, I think everyone should do a sales job at some point. Totally. And if you can get through that, like the your just totally. confidence in everything is just like, okay, I can navigate this world <laughs> and I'll find somebody I'll who can find like somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and the screen. <laughs> we'll me. I mean that's what you do with acting too. It the waves that you ride. Before you figure out the formula, yeah. you know, and the rejection. Totally. It teaches you rejection. All that.
0: Yeah. And depth of character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Um, oh man cool well, thanks so much thank you veronica you guys, dash thanks for Delipful. having me guys this was fun this is super fun i still feel like Britney spears with this headset on <laughs> oh, uh-huh. by, by,
0: you kind of look like Britney Spears. you even have like the <laughs> high better. you have
2: um, the high neck she's wearing the oh
0: little turtle oh we the... should snap we should get a photo you... <laughs> i did i did
2: feel like she wore an outfit like this was it in that Maybe
0: one more time. Not, no. You gotta cut 90s up a little bit. You have like it the was black it, 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 Was it, was it Baby Was it You Drive Me Crazy when she wore like the crop top turtleneck? The red one? Yeah. That's the one with the oh, headset. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. The red one with the headset. Crazy. Is that you Drive crazy? Me Crazy. I just can't sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that... I just <laughs> want to point out that that movie... Though no, had um Adrian Grenier in it. Oh, oh my yes. god. Baby Grenier. He's <laughs> such a babe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Veronica Dash. Veronica Thanks, dash. Thanks guys. Thank Thanks you for so being much. on the show. Um do you want to tell people? Yeah. Do you want thank you for acknowledging this podcast? It's <laughs> dope enough for Veronica Dash. Um
2: my pleasure.
0: So, people can find you inst- on Instagram Yes. How do they find you? Veronica Dash? V- yes.
2: Yeah, c- so my name is spelled with a K, not a C. Mm-hmm. Everyone always misspells it. It is the European way because in our Cyrillic alphabet, the C makes an S sound. Veronica? So a little background info on that. Yeah. So it's yes. just Veronica Dash and Dash is a shortened version of my actual last name, which is 15 letters and far too long <laughs> and intricate for people to pronounce correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica Dash and it's at Veronica Dash. Yep, it's at Veronica Dash on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all of that. Twitter. And then you have a do you have a website or anything? I do. It's ww.veronica All right. Yeah, and then my name.
0: <laughs> any projects people should be looking out for your mood films um, that are out?
2: Well, uh, there's a film that is still in progress called Nick and Nikki. Um it's a comedy film about a fantastic Who Done It. A uh, gay wedding where <laughs> someone goes missing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, there's a film that just came out last week called Ghost Team, where I play the cop um, with John Heater and uh, Amy Sedaris and Justin Long. It's a really Dude, funny cast. That's a good cast. Yeah, it's really it's a really funny cast. Um, and there's a couple things that I have in pre production. Like there's this another comedy called Gum Shoes, which hopefully we'll start filming at some point. Um, and then check out youth, youth. Yeah. Watch youth. Um, if you want to go way back to my beginning Cadillac records, <laughs> I have a scene with most deaf. Um, that's amazing. Good times. Good times. The uh, makeout scene was cut. Unfortunately,
0: was he a good kisser?
2: He was, but he was like so nervous because his wife and like children were on set. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me nervous because the director is like, Go pounce on him, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, pretend he's Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what yeah, uh, when it was okay.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so check out Veronica. Um, and thanks again. Thank, Thank you, you,
2: guys. I live for the applause, applause, applause. I live for the applause, applause, for the applause, applause,
0: the
1: So according to Veronica, actors are audacious
0: creatures, which I really
1: liked from her, from her interview. That's what stuck out to me as one of the things.
0: Well, yeah, I guess you have to be, you have to be bold and put yourself out there. I mean, aside from just being on stage and doing that, it's like getting to that point. Constantly. Which is just like constant work. It sounds exhausting.
1: Well, yeah, and you have to real like, we both meditate, right? And one of the things that our meditation teacher also used to be an actress or still is an actress but yeah she was a
0: broadway like she was like a full-on broadway yeah dancer performer performer, performer. like
1: yeah but she also teaches acting classes and she has them like the first thing they all have to meditate because you have to have like this like zen like clear clarity like you have to like completely be absorbed into a character and if you have your own baggage and shit you can't really
0: like i was thinking about it more like just the actual amount of like stress like you have to like call some like you have to like if you don't have an agent, like how do you find them? Like if you do, like just scour the internet for like auditions, right? And like hear about them from your friends, and then you go and like you you have your headshots, and you have to apply, and then you have to like f- like find um, a monologue or whatever that's like in relation to this thing, and then you have to like if if it has a call audition hero, you, yeah, you have to call audition hero or like book something through them so that you can. Like, have um, somebody a- arrange some accompanying music for you and then do the audition and maybe get a call back. And like, this is literally every day.
1: And do the freaking
0: audition. I well, I think it's both. I think it's the,
1: apparently it's a very stressful life, but then you also have to like, act like you haven't been living that stressful life. Unless you're playing characters that's really stressed out, um like you have to completely go into this other character and be absorbed in that.
0: Or hopefully not pretend but take care of yourself and that's really hard to do when you're at the whim of literally everyone. It's not even like you have if you're a freelancer, you might have like some people that you're like you regularly work with like as like for example, you know, you'll you work on projects for them like four times a year and you kind of can always like let them know like hey i'm looking for more freelance work whatever like it's not like that it's like do you fit this role or like is this the kind of person we're looking for do you do we think you have the chops like like it's oh also we might want a new face or an old face or we want to it's so hard
1: well actually to that point i actually that's it really made me think of like i've been job interviewing lately and it does sound like my job interview process on steroids but it's still like still relevant in the sense of like like how looking for a job is a full-time job how it's a full-time job but also the type of interviews i've been getting lately have been very much like they're trying to figure out what type i am you know like they're trying to psychoanalyze me and be like are you the type of person that would be happy in this job and like excel at this job and they're definitely like they have ideas already of like who would be someone that's good at this job
0: like personality type wise but i but i think aside from that though it's still like as an actor, you also, part of it is luck of the draw. Like, did you respond in time? Like, like, did they just find someone like, do they want somebody who's blonde? Right. And then if you, they want somebody who's blonde, then it's like you interview all of the blonde people. And then it's like, oh, well, we wanted somebody who's blonde, but looks, seems shy, meek. And like the thing about being a good actor is that you should be able to, to play all those different things, figure out what the casting director is looking for, play that and make it believable.
1: Well, that's what struck me is that, you know, when she did that whole part where she was trying to do like the more church going girl, and then she did like um, a survey of people. And like, I mean, I guess I'm even thinking of that though, to like when you're trying to convince uh, a job perspective that you are a certain personality type, if for a reason you're not like conveying it and you think you are like the type of things you could do or like what your work shows and what you're saying and like being very deliberate with like, if this is what they're looking for, what kind of evidence can I provide? You know, like, they, I've heard, was it? Um, yeah. I don't think they're, like, obviously, like, I think it's a whole other level because you have to do, like, your looks and everything. But I don't know. I just took a lot of takeaways with, like, oh, how could I be more creative with my job interviewing process in like, terms of, like, conveying. Got uh, it. Okay. That's, like, what I took away from it.
0: Yeah, I was trying to figure out. Because, like, what I realized, too, though, like, I know that being an actor or an actress, like, you kind of have to, like, when you are acting, like, when you are in the role, that is when you should be acting. Yeah. Right? But, like, she could, like, but to make connections, whatever, you have to be a genuine person. Like, you can't go around, like, this fake little person all the time. And what I realized, like, um, about that I thought was really special about her was that um, I think that she is looking to, she likes what she, she she works hard and she thinks that she, like, she likes herself. And I think that that's really was like interest that's what's interesting about her like and i think that that's why people are drawn to her
1: yeah and well i think uh, and that, that stuff, and like, the comes acknowledgement in how she is so fluid with taking advice like a lot of the stuff that we were like oh where did you get that yeah like someone literally was like why don't you do that and she was like oh yeah why not like, why, just yeah. it's like, like why don't you try it for this police role oh okay yeah like you know like there's not uh there seems like kind of a removal of the ego in that and like just being able to like hear input and yeah then, And then,
0: yeah, acknowledging the things that everyone's saying and then also acknowledging her experiences. She's such a grateful person about everything. And so, I don't know, I just really liked her. (laughs) She was great.
1: Yeah, she has great energy. And uh, so that leads us to our question. You didn't know was relevant.
0: Yeah. Um, So who have you been appreciative of lately? And have you shown them that acknowledgement? Because we were talking about this actually recently that a lot of people... We'll say great things about our friends, but nobody really says that. You won't say that directly to your friend. Like, when's the last time you're like, like, I always talk about people I like. Um, and I always talk about them to other people. And then I think about it. I'm like, do I say that to them? Cause yeah. I definitely
1: go through phases where I'm very conscious of it. And then if I'm not, though, I'll completely realize I haven't been acknowledging people.
0: Yeah. Or like that whole thing about like, uh, I picked it up from you. It's like, saying being specific about well, what you say thank you for like oh yeah, if yeah somebody is like um you know like you like at you're at a restaurant and you ask for like something like a bunch of times they do not listen or whatever and then they finally bring it over just saying like thank you is one thing but if you're like thank you for sorting that out i really appreciate it like when you're specific about that then you just gave this person like
1: yeah did you st- do you see the reaction in their face? Yeah, Systemally, they usually have a
0: totally different reaction. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I know you're really busy. I think, you know, like...
1: It's so funny. Yeah. Even, or even just a few extra words when you're specific, like, thank you for your patience. Like, yeah. that you're saying your patience, that's like what you're thanking them for. There seems to be like a turn of the like, oh, you like, we're paying attention. It's not a
0: habit anymore. It's so disarming.
1: So speaking of which, of people acknowledging us, we have uh, a letter from a listener who had just listened to the a1 episode also adam vita that was our first episode of season two uh, and he says fantastic job your production values are in a completely different universe the editing you must go through oof. like when we like when he, sorry like when he would start a verse from a wu-ting song or something and you'd sub in the track brilliant but I'm like, damn, that's a lot of effort for a podcast. I mean, it will death set you apart. And this was from someone who actually had tried to start a few different podcasts. So that's why he was had oh, an idea so nice. of what the work must be like. Because actually, that's probably one of the number one questions I get from people who are starting podcasts. or are like, how do you manage all the time? I have a
0: full-time job. And how do you do it? I'm like, it's a struggle. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is. But I think we're now into the flow of it. Um. We also, two of us, so there's, there's two of us.
1: Oh God, we wouldn't be able to do it alone. Like I know people who are trying to do it on their own or they can't, this guy couldn't find the right team. He kept finding like people would want to do it, but they like wouldn't commit wouldn't fully. Commit, yeah. Yeah, so like,
0: yeah. And now it's like cool because Olivia did do all of the editing before, but now I'm starting to do a little bit of it. And so now like it frees up more time to do other things. Do other things. Um, And so we can take turns and tag each other in and out. Which is really helpful and wonderful. Um, but thank you so much for that feedback because that's that's what we try to do. Yeah, like we want we want to make something that's great all the time, like that we think it's great. Um, so it makes us really happy that you you know that that yeah, you noticed you it. noticed it. Yeah, yeah, we put work into it. Work, 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 work. Okay, so cool. So if you want to check out Veronica Dash v e r o n i k a. D-A-S-H. She's on the Instagram, on IMDb. She's just, anyway, just follow her. She's amazing. And for us, we are at Chill Ambitious for all of the social medias and chillandambitious.com for the website and the notes and all that. Um, so yeah, and links. Check it.
2: I'm O. I've no. And, and we love you. Bye. bye.